let me just ask you a question as I open the program up today. Does the United States, Canada, and the world feel different today than it did, let's say, last week? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, if my voice seems a little bit um, out of sorts today, well, it's just a little bit, a little bit worn out. We've been recording programs and, and everything this week, trying to keep up and and take care of some doctor appointment stuff. And frankly, I'm just a little bit tired, but that's all right. That's fine. I still basically feel pretty good. And I want to thank many of you for praying for myself, my wife, and and all the things that we're dealing with at this time. And, and I'm hoping that tomorrow to give you a pretty good update. I think we'll have some answers uh, by then. The world to me feels different. And it has been since that ruling last week is just a part of it. It's been coming on for quite a long time in my heart and my mind. The world is changing. And it's changing rapidly and it's changing not for the good. Had somebody make a statement, I think it was maybe Sunday or Monday, I can't remember which. And it was to the effect that the curse is gone from America because we got rid of Roe versus Wade. And, and this is a really dear person, and I, I, I like him. But, but I had to say, where do you come up with such a thought that God's hand of judgment is no longer on America because we got rid of Roe versus Wade? So we have enough sins in this nation right now. If anything, this nation has exposed itself because of this, this ruling. You're seeing just how evil we are under the surface and how much evil we have in many of our governments. We have been on a downward spiral for ages. Now, this this is not a political statement, so don't try to read anything into this one way or the other. I'm just giving this as a statement of fact. We have been in deep trouble for a long time, and it's been a downward spiral spiral. And we have a lot of people saying we're going to fix it. We're conservatives. Vote for us. We'll do all this good stuff for you. And and we we keep realizing we're really not getting all that much better. There is a new world order. There is a deep state. It all does exist. There are elitists that believe they are entitled to own the earth and all the and all the wealth and and even control all the inhabitants within and systematically for i don't know maybe 3 4 decades they've been sowing these seeds these very deadly and dangerous seeds climate change sounds so good teach our little kids to take care of the planet but it's gone to such an extreme that we're literally in fear of and worshiping the planet. We no longer give any value to the creator. Saw a story the other day about a group of people wanting to have a meeting about how, you know, about the history of Pennsylvania and how fast the social media leftist and elitist began to, you know, try to shout it down. All they were trying to point out was that Pennsylvania, of all states, was founded 
on Christian principles constitutionally, and I think wrongly in 1968, the Supreme Court ruled against them. I mean, they have been functioning, what, for 200, almost 200 years as a state, or and, and they had, you, you couldn't even be in the legislature in the 17 and 1800s and early 1900s from Pennsylvania, unless you were a professing Christian. This was considered a state right. And it was, you know, pushed out the door in 1968. Evil does not want to be held accountable. And demonic evil knows it will have its end, but it's going to take as many down with it as it can. And this decision last week by the Supreme Court was just an eye-opener to me of just how far we as a nation, as a nation, has fallen. Institutions of our government that when I was in elementary, junior high school and high school and studied American history, I was proud to be an American. I was proud to be a unique nation that was founded on godly principles. Now, I learned that because I went to a a Christian school. And I've learned from the scripture and I've learned a lot in my lifetime. And I've watched this gradual unraveling, one thread at a time, of what has held this nation together. And the ugliness of evil keeps showing its face more and more. I can't even trust our public health officials anymore. We've been lied to by the people we should be able to trust And this is not speculation. This is not opinion. This is fact. The facts are in. We've been lied to. And many people are still believing the lie, sadly. Many people think that Joe Biden's doing a great job. Not that many, but there are those out there that think he's doing a great job with the economy. He's destroying it. Donald Trump, whether you like him, can't stand him, it doesn't matter. He was an interrupter to this ever-moving plot of global dominance by the deep state. He was an interrupter. And people in this country and other countries, they're like-minded, and they, they want to be at that elite table. And he, he was a challenge. And thus, I think a lot of things we've seen from the pandemic to the, the election, and yes, I... I'm not some weirdo when I say I believe there's something wrong with how the elections were done in 2020, and it is highly probable that the outcome was tainted. That's a minimal statement, and I believe it's 100% true. The evidence keeps coming in, one piece at a time. Remember, the same media that tells you that the elections were fair told you that the Hunter Biden laptop never existed. They lied to you, and they will continue to lie to you because the ideology, the satanic ideology which they embrace, is what they're going to promote. Now, in just a couple of moments, Jim Calhoun is coming to the microphone for the Wednesday broadcast. And, and I want you to keep Jim Calhoun in your prayers. He's been having a difficult time 
on his farm out there in Nebraska with the with the drought. I think all of us, all of us, myself included, Jim included, all of you that listen included, we need to be seeking the face of God right now in ways we've never done it before. Because in this world full of so much evil and satanic activity, to look at some of the faces of protesters that want abortion, they look demonic. Nancy Pelosi looked like she was demon-possessed last week in her press conference. I mean, literally, she was shaking, and the eyes didn't even look human. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, St. Paul writes, but against principalities and powers. And without the power of the Holy Spirit, without being in the will of God, we are helpless in that fight. One of the things I'm learning in this health challenge, and I'll give you some updates before the week is out, I should know more. I'm not worried at all. And and don't think my voice is a telltale sign. It's not. It's just it is worn out. And I've been a radio announcer long enough to know the difference. It happens. But here's what I know. I'm using this time. My wife and I are using this time as we're taking care of some things, hoping to get our home sold in Georgia. And try not to get ahead of where God would have us to be. And as I mentioned several times in in the past few days, seeking what God would have us to do. Maybe in what we are doing in selling our home is correct, but we were ready to move too quickly into a different direction. There's still some unfinished business. There's still some things that I really believe God would have me to do. And it goes beyond this radio program. And it became very self-evident to my wife and I earlier this week. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things the Gentiles seek will be added unto you. That includes how and where you live, how you make ends meet, how your need is met. And I know for all of us, we're going to be going through some difficult times. The demons of hell are still fighting and at work. And literally, those that are doing the will of demons in government are not making your life any easier. We have some hard times ahead. I believe that with all of my heart. So before Jim comes to the microphone, I want you to stop and think, what is God calling you to do? Is there something you have left undone that you know in your heart you should be doing? If so, maybe today, maybe after this program, take some time to pray and find out where God would have you to be. And now here's Jim Calhoun with today's broadcast. Thanks, Bob. And once again, it's great to be back on Truth to Ponder. Well, as most of you probably already know, because Bob has mentioned it on his show, Truth to Ponder, that he's having some health issues and also some house issues. And there's other things on his plate as far as a ministry. So before I get started on the show, I really want to encourage all the listeners, please pray for Bob Bierman. 
please pray for Truth to Ponder, and please pray for Bob's ministry and everything that he's going through right now, because he's having some hard times as far as selling his house and having health issues at the same time, and he's being led in directions with his ministry that really do need your prayers. And so pray for Bob and his ministry, and also his health. I would really appreciate that. It's my pleasure to be able to step in and help Bob, because Bob says every time I have an episode how much he appreciates that what I'm doing for him. But I feel like it's the other way around. I appreciate what Bob is doing for me, and I appreciate what he's doing for all the listeners, because Bob Bierman is a voice of reason and a voice of sanity in an otherwise insane world. Now, I listen to other talk show hosts other than Bob Bierman, and all of them have their good points. But it seems like, to me anyway, that Bob Bierman is the adult. He's the consummate professional. And Bob Bierman is a very thoughtful man and a very prayerful man. And whatever direction his life takes him, I wish him the best. And also, I really do believe in him. I do believe in Bob Bierman, and I do believe in his ministry. And so, any direction he wants to take the ministry, I'm game. I'm in. Because I do feel very deeply that God has got his hands on Bob Bierman, and God is guiding him. So, we just need to pray for Bob, and we need to stand in support of him. I really do appreciate that. Well, I've decided to do this show kind of based on what we saw earlier this year with the trucker strike, especially in Canada. And all over the world, truck drivers seem to pull together and show their patriotism and stand up to tyranny. And I really do appreciate all the truck drivers, and I do know that some truck drivers do listen to Truth to Ponder. And so God bless you and your efforts. I really do appreciate it, and I want to just tell you how much it meant to me that the entire industry seemed to stand up and take notice. When other groups of people, and I'm not going to mention any, were blustering that they were going to do this and they were going to do that, it was the truck drivers that actually did something. And so I'm going to say hats off, truck drivers. You have my respect. Now, this is where I'm going to head the show. I haven't heard any other talk show host make this connection. And if I'm late to the game, if other talk show hosts that I don't listen to have already made this connection, well, then it just verifies that other people are thinking the way I'm thinking. But I really do believe from the bottom of my heart that all of this diesel oil crisis and the diesel fuel prices and also the DEF fluid crisis, everything that has to do with diesel, I do believe that it's the deep state striking back at the truck drivers. I honestly do believe they're trying to put all the independent truck drivers out of business. And it makes me sick because they're going to take out a lot of small companies and a lot of owner operators. I really do feel that this is a punitive attack. I think it's just another nail in the coffin of our economy. As I said last week, we the people are under siege. And I think all of this diesel fuel and diesel oil crisis really points to the fact 
that it's also a man-made disaster, tailor-made to do punitive damage against the only group of people who would stand up to their tyranny. Simply put, they're trying to get even. And it really has me angry. If you knew what it took to be an owner-operator of a semi-truck or a small fleet of trucks, if you knew all the red tape, if you knew all of the logbooks, all of the regulations, all of the miles, all of the crazy people on the road that the truck drivers have to deal with every day, and all of the different gatekeepers, if they pull into a company that requires a bunch of COVID nonsense, all the hoops that these drivers have to go through just to deliver your food or whatever they're delivering. And I, for one, want to stand up with the American truck drivers, the Canadian truck drivers, and the truck drivers of the world. Now, the news I heard is that we're not going to have any diesel engine oil till 2023. People might say, well, that's well and good because January we'll start getting oil. They didn't say January. It might be December 2023, as far as I know. And also, it's the people that are creating the crisis are the ones that are giving the date that they're going to magically have all of these products again on the shelf. And so I have some very definite solutions here. And I think they're drastic, but I think they're needed. And so all of you truck drivers who are listening, please pay attention to me and please consider my words. And all of the people who know independent truck drivers, I want you to find this podcast on PodPoint, Spreaker, Anchor, or PodPage, or truthtoponder.com and have them listen to this episode. Because I really think the owner-operators are the ones that need to do everything in their power to fight back against this tyranny and this evil that is being spearheaded and aimed directly at their industry. These Satanists that are in the New World Order don't care anything about baby formula or food or toilet paper or whatever. They don't care. All they care about is punishing truck drivers. And I, for one, don't want to stand for it. And so I think that we need to get that World War II spirit. And World War II, when facing all sorts of shortages and hardships, all over the newsreels and on the radio and newspaper, everyone was talking about victory gardens. Plant your victory garden. They had scrap metal drives to try to get enough metal to supply the war effort. We see none of that happening now. What we have is a feckless, satanic, evil leader in the White House and a bunch of feckless, satanic people surrounding him and all throughout Congress. These people are worthless. And so it's up to us, we the people, to come up with the solutions. And I instantly came up with an idea. And this is what I want all of the truck drivers to listen to. Now, this is going to be hard to do. But you do have your CDLs. You do have all your permits. You do have everything it takes to go up and down the road, except what the deep state is taking away from you. Now, I know that there's probably some people who have thought of this idea, but this idea needs to go viral. It'll shut these deep staters down. 
and it'll keep our economy at least trickling. Now, make no mistake, this diesel crisis is going to ruin our economy. It's going to put a lot of people out of work, a lot of people out of business for good. It's going to bankrupt a lot of people. But instead of sitting back and letting these evil people bankrupt you, you need to step up to the plate and do something about it. Now, we won World War II with gasoline-powered engines. I know that there were some diesel engines in World War II, but the Germans had more diesels than the Americans. And for the most part, the American army ran on gasoline. And out in the weeds, everywhere, are box trucks, straight trucks, flatbed trucks, one-and-a-half-ton trucks, two-ton trucks. They're sitting in the Quonsets. They're all throughout the Midwest in wheat country. When wheat harvest comes along, you see an awful lot of old trucks on the road. That's the only time they use them is for wheat harvest. But there are thousands of ton-and-a-half and, and two-ton trucks in this country. All you have to do is drive by a real lumber yard, an old-fashioned lumber yard that still, ha that still has lumber and will deliver lumber, and you'll see a lumber truck that's a probably, that's most likely a gas-powered old truck that's a flatbed truck. And so my idea is this. If you own one of these box trucks, if you own a gas-powered truck, a ton-and-a-half or a two-ton truck, approach some owner-operators that you know and lease them your truck. Lease them your truck to where they'll stay in business and you'll make some money too. And if you're an owner-operator that has a fleet and you're too big to lease individual trucks, it's time to go find a fleet of gas-powered box trucks. Now, I know that it's a pain. I know it's going to really cramp how you do business. I do get that. But you'll still be able to roll up and down the road. You'll still be in business. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of box trucks and hundreds of thousands of farm trucks that are scattered throughout the United States. And also, there's some older diesel trucks that were built before the DEF requirements. And you know that Obama is the one that put those in. So this has been planned a long time. And although a lot of these old trucks are wore out, a lot of the trucking companies do have very capable mechanics. And it might be one truck at a time that you put back in service. But don't let these people put you out of business. Don't let the deep state win. And I think this has to be a cooperative effort between the people that own ton and a half and two ton trucks seeking out owner operators to offer their trucks for lease and also owner operators seeking out these trucks. It needs to be a two-way street and it needs to happen very fast. I know the price of gas is high. I know that diesel has more power than gas. I know that diesel is more efficient than gas. And I also know these box trucks do not have sleepers. They're not as comfortable to drive. Most of them don't have air conditioning. I do know what I'm talking about as far as what a downgrade this is going to be. But a downgrade is much better than being totally put out of business. And so, again, if you own a box truck or a farm truck, seek out some local owner-operators and sit down and have a cup of coffee with them. 
and get a plan together. This needs to happen in boardrooms and around kitchen tables all around the United States. Just like in World War II when we all came together and had victory gardens and scrap drives. That was a concerted effort of we the people. We the people won World War II. I know that it took soldiers and it took our government and the funding from our government, but it was we the people that won that war. And it's we the people that can stand up to these globalists right now and do the biggest in-your-face you've ever seen. And also owner-operators that are coast-to-coast drivers. A lot of these companies know about each other and they know each other. If they could come up with an idea to shuttle freight, kind of like the Pony Express used to take mail across the country, that every company become a local company or a regional company. When they get to one point, they simply transfer the freight to another truck or the other company's driver takes that truck on a lease basis. And that truck keeps on going down the road. Because I do know that going over the road coast to coast in a box truck is likely not going to work very well. And you're not going to keep any drivers hired because of the lack of creature comforts. I do understand that. But all of the owner-operators, especially the real small ones, that they own the company and they're the driver, you can stay in business. You can contact everyone that you're already contracted with to haul freight, and you can guarantee them that you can continue to haul the freight. But what you're going to have to do is get a fleet of box trucks. And I would imagine it's going to take three box trucks per semi-trailer, maybe four but I think three is more realistic. And also, there's lots of companies that are going to go broke because of this. Our economy is going to tumble horribly. And only the people who are inventive and motivated and think outside the box are going to survive this. And so it is my prayer that all of the listeners to Truth to Ponder will spread this idea. Almost everybody knows a truck driver or is related to one. Even if you think my idea is preposterous, you need to run it past these professionals. Because believe me, if they're going to have to close down or if they can't make the payments on their truck because their truck is sitting and the insurance premiums are going to go on and the taxes are going to go on, and I imagine there's still going to be some maintenance on some of these trucks even if they're sitting. Because when they're sitting is the time you want to Do the things that you haven't been able to do because the truck was in service. And any of the trucking companies that would buy a fleet of box trucks or straight trucks, they would be well served to have a garage or a Quonset or some kind of enclosed area that after they're back on the road with their diesels, that they can mothball these gassers and keep them functional and ready to go. And so if this ever happens again, they know the drill. All they have to do is change horses, so to speak. Now, do I think my idea is a good one? Yes, I do. Do I think it's workable? Yes, only if you have the right mindset. If you have the wrong attitude, no, it's not going to work. Will this idea save our economy? No, it won't. But it might save individual owner-operators from going out of business. And it might keep some of the most essential goods that otherwise would not be delivered. It might keep the most essential goods on the road. In other words, food and medicine 
and things like that can still be going up and down the road in box trucks. I know that there's a lot of reefer trailers out there for refrigeration. And you might have to modify some of your box trucks and put a refrigeration unit on the box truck. And I do know that most of the boxes are not set up to be insulated. I understand all of the logistics of this. It's going to be tough. But if you have a group of drivers that want to stay driving, and if you have a bunch of mechanics that want to keep their job, if you have a very motivated company, then you can take all of the manpower that you have in your company and all of the brain force of all the combined knowledge of all of your employees. If you'll just pull together, like we did in World War II, if you'll just pull together, I think you can make a very workable plan. Now, I myself have two ton-and-a-half trucks. Neither one of them are operational right now, and I really don't have the time or money to make them operational. But believe me, if they were operational, I would be going to my nearest independent truck driver, and I would be offering them for lease. Because I think that's the only thing that's going to keep our goods rolling up and down the road. There's a few things on these box trucks that are quite a bit different from our modern tractor-trailer rigs. And the most obvious is the tire size. And some of the older trucks take tires that are hard to get or sometimes are unavailable. And so that's going to be a problem, is tires. So that's going to be a major investment. Because you can't go up and down the road with half-rotted tires. And a lot of these old farm trucks, they're only used for a couple weeks in a year. And so most of them don't have new tires. So that's one thing that's going to have to happen to some of these box trucks is an investment in tires. And so I really don't think that a trucking company is going to end up making a lot of money off these box trucks. That's not the point. If you can just break even in a time of crisis. If you can keep your employees paid and keep your taxes up to date and keep your insurance paid, if you can keep your rent paid, if you can get just that much done and have just enough left over to put a few groceries on your table, then I think it's a win. And so I've got to say shame on these globalists who are being punitive and they are punishing our truck drivers. I don't really have any proof that that's what they're doing. But deep down in my soul, I feel that's what's happening. And I've learned a long time ago to trust my instincts. And so I've got to say, good luck and Godspeed to our truck drivers. Please consider this idea. I think it might just keep you rolling. And on the second half of the show, I'm going to come back with an entirely different topic. And once again, thank you, Jim, for filling in for me today here on on Truth to Ponder, I am so grateful for people like you that that can stand in for me on these, these days that I cannot be doing the program. And so I thank you from the bottom of my heart. By the way, if you believe in our ministry, would you consider supporting us financially? We have a new way to do it, by the way. If you go to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com, You'll find a a tab for support of this program, and you'll see we have a new partner in Give, Send, Go, which is a Christian, faith-based, crowdfunding alternative to places like PayPal or others. And I would encourage you to use them in support of this radio ministry. 
Now, PayPal is still there and will continue to be there for a while, but I anticipate one day they're going to pull my plug, so I just want to be ready. If you want to give us a gift financially by check, you can do it by making the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's our secure box is number 3248. And the city is Crestview. Crestview, Florida, 32536. That zip code again is 32536. I really believe in the ministry of shortwave radio. And I have for many years. And I want to see this program continue and to grow in ways that I can't even envision today. Would you be on board to help us? Once again, mailing address, Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. God and skinned knees coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Khan, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. When you were a little kid and you skinned your knees, you probably didn't go running to your father and ask him to kiss it, but you went to your mother because there was healing love. Uh, it, it would, it probably went to your mother because she, she would probably be very gentle with you. And your mother would take water and disinfectant, reach for the wound. Sometimes you'd, you'd pull away and, and she'd say, no, you have to let me touch it. It's all right. But if you want it to be better, you have to let me touch it. Well, it's written that God loves us more than a mother because a mother's love is only a shadow of his love. And so God's love isn't just love. It's healing love. It's a love that heals you. Because, you know, in life, we skin our knees. We fall. We get wounded. We get bruised by others. We have wounds and open wounds. We have the wounds of maybe uh, of being rejected or being abandoned or being hurt by others or, or a wound of divorce or never having received love or being cut down continuously. Well, we carry around these wounds and the wounds stay with us, you know, and it, yet it says in Isaiah chapter one, the Lord says, you know, you are filled with wounds and, and yet there's, there's, it's not pressed down. It's not treated. It's not bandaged. Well, God is more than a mother. And you need to once and for all bring this to him. You know, when you were a little kid, you ran to your mother. Well, you need to run to God now. Once and for all, don't keep these wounds separate. Bring it to him. You know, spill spill your soul. God wants to touch and he wants to bless. And you're stopping him and he's saying, no, you got to let me touch it once and for all. You'll find healing. The only thing that brings healing is the love of God. When you used to run to your mother, now run to God and you will be healed. Want more? Ask for more than a mother. Now, the free gift for you, the awesome mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. It's our free gift to you. And Sapphire's daily spiritual vitamins guaranteed to revitalize your walk or a free New Testament. How do you get all these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus is real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you will receive your free gifts and you will be blessed. But call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. 
Now, the Jewish people brought you the blessings of salvation. I invite you to join with me to bring it back to them, to bless those who blessed you and reach the unreached peoples from every nation. It's amazing. Imagine you could uh, blanket the planet with salvation. You can through shortwave radio. It's the farthest way you could ever touch the world for the gospel. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Here's how. Let's write to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi. L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Nechem, peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah, Adonai Rafa, the Lord, our healer. is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to the second half of Truth to Ponder. I'm Jim Calhoun, sitting in for Bob Bierman today, and I'm really glad to be able to do that so he can have some time off to get some things sorted out. As I mentioned at the first of the show, and I'm going to mention again, Bob Bierman really needs our prayers. And so I'm going to ask all of our listeners, please keep Bob in your prayers. I would appreciate it. Now, the first half of the show was all about this diesel oil crisis and the DEF fluid and the price of diesel at the pump and maybe a way that we can keep our owner-operators in business. The second half of the show, I want to talk about preparedness and survival because when you look at the whole situation, When the diesel oil is no longer available, different trucks get their oil changed at different intervals. Some companies like to change every five to 10,000 miles. Others will stretch that out to 25 to 35,000 miles. But honestly, 20,000 miles or 30,000 miles on an over-the-road tractor is not very much. These trucks go hundreds of thousands of miles. And I really don't think that there's going to be very many owner-operators that are going to sacrifice their engine to haul a load because the cost of replacement engines is astronomical. And also the cost of rebuilding engines is also cost-prohibitive. So all of the smart owner-operators, when it comes time to either shut their truck down or risk losing an engine, they're going to shut their trucks down, and rightfully so. And then when you look at the longshoreman strike that's going to happen in California and all of these container ships that are sitting off the coast, there's not going to be anybody to unload them. And who knows how long it's going to be before the strike is all over with. But there's going to be such a backlog of cargo ships bobbing up and down in the ocean that it's going to take a very long time to catch it back up. Because honestly, we haven't caught back up from all of these COVID lockdown restrictions, all that nonsense. And again, that was the deep state trying to ruin our economy. I still see people walking around wearing masks. I've got to say this, please, if you're still wearing a mask, cut it out. Quit complying. It's because of people who are complying 
That's what's giving all of these deep staters and all of these tyrants their power. These people are totally powerless. They're just like the Wizard of Oz. The curtain has been drawn back. The masks don't work. So please don't wear them. Even if it makes you feel better, don't wear them. Because it's just a sign that you're giving into tyranny. So when I'm talking about survival on this part of the show, we have to have the spirit of freedom. And let's not forget, our rights do not come from man. Our rights do not come from any government. All of our rights are from Almighty God. And so who are we to surrender what God has given us? Who are we to surrender that to tyrants? I, for one, will never surrender to a tyrant. Absolutely not. These people are supposedly public servants. They supposedly work for us. We need to point that out and point that out very sternly and very strong. And when they look at us and turn their nose up at us and scoff, we need to just turn and walk away. So the first thing we have to do with our survival is quit complying. Any executive order or any mandate that goes against the Constitution of the United States of America, you need to simply ignore. Any mandate or executive order that goes against common law, you need to ignore. And also for our listeners that are outside of the United States, there are different charters, there are different laws, there are different constitutions in each of the countries. And in most of these countries, these mandates and these edicts, these rulings handed down by dictators, are illegal in your constitution as well. We need to all quit complying. I, for one, will never comply. They're never going to make me grovel. I won't do it. I have not once submitted to any of their tyranny. And I'm not about to start. And just tonight, I had to go into town I saw three or four people that honestly could have been in the movie The Night of the Living Dead. It's a very warm summer evening here, and I saw a young man that had a winter coat on. And as he walked in front of my car, I got a good look at him, and I got a good look in his eyes. And this young man is totally insane. I don't know if he's on drugs. I don't know what's going on. But you could tell that he was under very bad mental distress. He didn't really know who he was or what he was or where he was. And wearing this heavy winter coat, when it's like 95 degrees out with 85% humidity, was very, very sad. And I saw an older woman who was probably in her 60s. And she was obviously homeless. And obviously she had very bad health issues because she only weighed like 70 pounds. And she was begging outside of a convenience store. Now, I've lived in this area most of my life, and I've never seen anyone begging here before. Now, I've been in big cities where I've had people walk up and try to beg all the time. And you just don't see beggars in a town this size in this area. But I think that we've entered a whole new age. It's a whole new ball game. So everything that we knew that the United States was, I think we have to understand that the term is was. The United States of America is no longer what it used to be. And I don't know if we have the mental capacity 
of most of our citizens to ever get it back. And so it's really time that the people that want to have some semblance of normalcy, the people that want to protect themselves and their families and their communities, it's time to understand that we're under siege. And it's time to understand that it's up to us to try to save any semblance of sanity in our communities. Make sure that you take this very serious and understand that the problems that we're in did not happen in one day or a month or a year. It's been a long time in the making. This has been set up very carefully by the Satanists, and they think that they're going to win. And they will win if we don't, if we don't stand up and start doing what we need to do. And so, therefore, if you have a month's supply of food, I think that's just what it is, a month's supply. It might take several years or several decades to rid ourselves of this evil that has encompassed the world right now. And so everything that you do, no matter what it is, you have to look at it from the point that you have to make it sustainable. Now, I know the left has stolen that word sustainable, and they use it as a catchphrase in all their 20, 30 agenda things. And so it's kind of got a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. But I want to use that word sustainable in the way in which it was developed in the first place. We have to be able to sustain our health, our well-being, our food, our water, everything that makes us us. We have to sustain it. And so in every which way you can, make everything that you do sustainable. I'm going to give you some for instances. I'm just giving these as examples and so you'll understand what I'm talking about. Now, a lot of people like to have a real nice yard. And they spend a lot of money and a lot of time in their yards. But right now, commercial fertilizer is going to be scarce and very expensive if it is available at all. And I have a feeling that people are going to have to put their money in other places and not in the beautification of their lawn. But our great-grandparents and the people before that, they knew how to have a nice green lawn without all of this modern chemical fertilizer. What they did was they simply planted legumes in with their grass. Now, you probably have seen older yards in older neighborhoods with older houses that have a very short little three-leaf clover. Those are the little patches where all the kids would go try to find a four-leaf clover underneath a shade tree in someone's yard. Now, I know a lot of people cringe and they say, I won't want that in my yard. Well, the legumes put nitrogen into the soil and then the grass feeds on the nitrogen. And it's still green. It's different than grass. It'll give it a little bit different coloration, a little bit different texture. But your yard will fertilize itself. Now, that's not going to help you in the big scheme of things. That's just a very good example of being sustainable. Another way to be sustainable is that when you go to a grocery store, make sure that you buy food in packages that you can reuse the packages. And then if you forage or have a garden, I really do believe you're going to have to set a lot of food back this year. And I also believe that canning supplies are going to run scarce. And so if you have an out-of-the-way room or a closet, 
that you can store a whole lot of containers, I think you need to do so. And in that way, you can eat and enjoy the product that you bought at the store in the first place, but still have a container to refill it. That's another good example of being sustainable. I think that we need to be self-sustainable with our food. I think we need to be self-sustainable with our water. And the only way we're going to be self-sustainable with water is to find an alternative source of water, a flowing river, or a deep water lake to where you can draw water from there. Now, you're going to have to treat that water. You can't drink water like that without the possibility of getting very ill. But they do sell chemicals that you can put in the water to render the water drinkable. And also, there's all sorts of really good filtration systems. But it's worth the time and effort to study what you're going to need. And it's also worth your time to find a source of water. And after you find that source, have it tested and see what is in that water in the first place. Don't run blind with this. Because there are things in the water as far as sewage and chemicals and things that are very harmful. But if you can find a freshwater stream that the water just has the normal natural contaminants in it that can be taken out with a filtration system or could be rendered drinkable with different chemicals, then you're going to have a sustainable place for you to get water. And do I think it's going to get this drastic? I'm not sure. But I think it sure could, because when you go back to the first part of the show when I was talking about all the trucks being off the road, everything comes by truck. So if you think that the shelves are bare now, you just wait another six months, you're going to see grocery stores closing down because they won't have anything to put on their shelves. It's going to be that bad. And so you're going to have to really work at being self-sustainable. And another good example of being self-sustainable is buy all the staples. Buy your flour, your sugar, your baking soda, your baking powder, your yeast. Learn how to bake bread. Learn how to make your own pies and your own pastries. Now, a lot of this is hard work, but your great-grandparents did it, and they did it very well. As a matter of fact, that is one thing we need to start striving to do is living like our great-grandparents lived, because I think we're going to be forced to live that way. But no matter what comes our way, we have to maintain hope. We need to maintain our faith. We need to maintain a very healthy, positive attitude, because it's the people that are negative, the people that have no faith, the people that give up. They're the ones that are not going to survive this. And I do know the human spirit is very resilient. And I know that humans are a lot tougher than we give ourselves credit for. And so we all need to toughen up. We all need to understand that, as the saying goes, we're not in Kansas anymore. We're in a whole different realm with a whole different bunch of people giving us a whole different group of problems. And there's such big problems and so overwhelming that they're trying to get us all to give up. The elites want us just to give up and roll over and just let them control everything. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm never going to give up. I'm never going to roll over and surrender to these people. 
And I encourage all of the listeners to have that same attitude because we can get through this. We can survive this. We can get through the shortages. We can get through the inflation. We can do this if we understand that we have to be in it for the long haul, that there is no instant fix. Again, it's taken an awful long time for this to get to this bad a shape. And I know there are people that say, well, if Donald Trump gets back, it's going to be fixed. Well, don't count on it. This is bigger than one person. This is a group of globalists who are trying to control the world. And they've already succeeded in controlling many, many countries. And so we have to understand the enemy that we're up against. And ultimately, our enemy is Satan. So we need to stand up to Satan. We need to become Christian soldiers. And we need to stand up against these satanic minions and all of these globalists and these dictators and these people that are trying to mandate us into slavery. Now, I know that when I get on the show, I say an awful lot of very strong things. But you have to understand, that's what's put on my heart, that I see the evil, the dark cloud, this absolute encompassing gloom of blackness that is trying to surround you and me and our entire society. And the only way we're going to beat this gloom back and defeat it is if the entire society, or a good portion of it, stands up and says no, and no longer complies, and no longer cooperates with our own enslavement. We need to look at our southern border and say, no, we're not going to have all of these people crashing into our country carrying all sorts of diseases. We're going to have to say no to all these mandates. And right now they're doing everything in their power to try to give all these young children, these babies, shots of this COVID-19 nonsense, this vaccine killer shot. They're trying to kill our children. And if it doesn't kill them outright, it'll sterilize them. And I'm going to say right now, anybody out there in the medical profession, if you're still giving this shot after all of the evidence is coming to light, of how much damage this is doing, if you're still part of that, shame on you. Because we, the people, are waking up. We understand what this shot really is. We understand what it means. We understand what it's going to do to us in our reproductive system. We know what it's going to do to our heart and to our lungs and to our minds. And I'm just very thankful that so many people around the world said no and did not get the first shot. And so those are a few things that we can do. But I do want you to understand this. We have to buckle down. We have to toughen up. Because times are about to get so massively bad that we're going to wish for times as good as they are right now. And I see within six months, this world is going to be turned inside out. We're not going to recognize the world at all. And when you have a political party the Democrats, that are holding political prisoners basically for trespassing and holding people that haven't even been charged yet without bail. And then on the other hand, they're encouraging people to riot and loot and burn. We have a very bad problem, and it's all driven and run by Satan. We have to understand that 
there's a lot of Americans who have sold out to Satan. America is not a unified country, not at all. America is fractured to the point of barely being able to stand. And the old saying goes, a house divided cannot stand. And so I don't see the United States lasting through this crisis as it is right now. So it only has two ways it can go. It can either go back to the intent of the original founding of this country, which is what I want, or this government can be dissolved and we can start all over again. But as is, it is not sustainable. We have way too much debt, way too many criminals in Congress, and we definitely have criminals in the White House. And so I'm kind of given a red alert. And in closing, I'm going to say this. Kansas is having a very disastrous wheat crop. And since the Ukraine and Russia aren't going to be exporting any wheat, we have to understand that food prices are going to rise dramatically. And here in west central Nebraska, it is so dry that in the last two days I've been putting up hay. In a field, I normally get 300 to 325 bales. I've been doing this field for over five years. And every year, I get between 300 and 325 bales. This year, I got 37. And so that's like an 87% decrease. And so I've decided to suspend my hay season because I'm not getting enough hay to even cover my costs. And so therefore, West Central Nebraska, as far as dryland farms, are going to be a total disaster this year unless we get rain and lots of it. But even if we get a lot of rain, it's already too late in the season for the early grasses. That's all gone. And the only thing we can hope for is the late season grasses. But unfortunately, a lot of those have already burned up. And so we're in for a very bad ride here in the central part of the United States as far as drought. And so you need to keep that in mind as you're gathering food and growing food. You're not going to get any help from the center part of the United States because it's all shriveled up and there's really nothing here. I'd like to thank Bob Beerman for having me again, guest host for Tooth to Ponder. And again, keep Bob Beerman in your prayers. And if you would like to donate to Truth to Ponder, that would be very much appreciated. And you can donate by check or money order. And you would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And you would mail to Truth to Ponder. And the address is 5753 Highway 85 North. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, 3248, in Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Again, thanks for listening. And although I've highlighted a whole bunch of problems in this show, I want you to understand that God is still in control. And we must stand firm. So everyone, please stay safe, stand firm, keep your powder dry, but most of all, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, 
the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.